Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know the Signature Series Automated Shades, they provide a safer environment for children and even your pets. Our robot shade overlords have our safety in mind. It's All true. hail. We welcome the era of our robot shade overlords. So it's that cordless nature. They're also programmable. They allow you to use your heating and cooling systems, which means your energy bills are going to be better. So this is something you should look into. It's safer. It's better energy. It's good for the planet. It's good for your family. You need to go to Budget Blinds and check out these Signature Series automated chains. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I'm joined by a man who didn't understand that Buck for Superintendent was not a salary demand. It's Nick Parker, the publisher oh, of Link to Lee Summit. I read that wrong? Well, you're self-employed. You're used to working for like a dollar. Well, that's true. I'm going to bet that that guy is going to get a couple more than one. Yeah. I, you know, look, look my, my revenue goal every day is dollar. Dollar. Got our dollar today. Link to Lee Summit is the source for all the news you need about our very fine city, and our unofficial sponsor today is Curiosity. I mean, look, I know what it did to the cat, but I, I really, really want to know some stuff. I always want to know some stuff. Yep. That's and why I do what I do. That's why we have as few friends as we do. <laughs> All right. So what's going on this week, Nick? All right. Well, actually, I'm going to give a couple of look-aheads that aren't this week. It's actually next week because next week is... King it, Day. King Day. So there's a couple celebrations coming up. First, the city's annual MLK celebration is set for 5.30 on Monday night at the Pavilion at John Knox Village. This is done every year by the Human Relations Commission there at the city. It's going to feature a keynote speaker, which is a student this year, Bryce Ferguson from Summit Christian Academy. It will also have the Lee Summit High School Jazz Band, Hazel Grove Elementary, Lee Summit West Chamber Choir, and if you like this stuff, Jason, this is really cool, the annual MLK Mass Choir. I am going to be missing it because I will be in a car trekking from Texas to Kansas City. But I'm sorry. I, I will. Uh, I will have. Uh, I'll have some envy for those who get to go and see such a cool event. In addition, members of our community are invited to the University of Central Missouri to join their students and alumni for a reception honoring Dr. King from 5:30 to 6:30 on January 22nd at the Innovation Campus. This is going to celebrate the work and the impact of Dr. King. It has a theme, which is "From Dream to Reality: The March Continues." We're not doing things in chronological order here, but it's based on what I think is important. So the MLK stuff, I Do- thought was Dr. King gets to come first. Yeah, that got, that got top billing over what's going to be a really cool event this weekend on Saturday. Several of the downtown Lee Summit businesses, they got together. They're doing a special retail sales event. It's called Shovel the Sidewalk Sale. A little twist there, Jason. It is. It's going to run from 10 to 6, so 10 in the morning to 6 in the evening. They're going to have special deals. They'll have some winter-themed drink specials, prizes for shoppers. You can look on the Visit the the Shovel to Sidewalk Facebook page for a little bit more information. It's going to be really cool. Hey, I've got one more note. It's not in our show notes, so I'm breaking the rules. Oh, my God. I'm a rule breaker. No. All right, break some rules. I'm excited about this this week. This isn't really a public event, but this is a public notice. This week, Jason... It's the first meeting for the planning of the next downtown days. 
I'm excited. This is always like a, a spot in January I look forward to because it, it lets me know summer's really coming. Like it's not going to be cold forever. This this and, and this and pitcher and catcher report day are probably the ones that are like give you those moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are my two favorite. By the way, that's coming real soon. That too. is coming soon. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was. I just want to give that little little public service announcement. It won't be cold forever. Downtown days is quickly approaching. Are All right. You, so look, I bet. That if those who are listeners to our podcast are the kinds of folks that are aware of the key pieces of factual information in this next news item. It's true. We're going to get to real news. Well, I mean, it's really the only real news for the week. But <laughs> it's, it's big, and it's worthy of being the lead and the big thing. Right. So what we're talking about, I'm sure you can guess it. We are talking about the Lisa Madar 7 School District has announced... The next superintendent of schools, it will be Dr. David Buck. He is currently the superintendent from Wright City School District, which is I-70 heading east as you go towards St. Louis. It's about 40, 45, 45 miles minutes to the west of to the St. West. Louis. Right. So that's where, that's where he is coming from. I think, Jason, if you had asked me to lay odds of the four finalists, Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, based on the lens that, that I was using and the lens that you and I used for a, a granted, very quick 30,000-foot view of, of the four finalists, he's not the one I was expecting. But I don't really want to talk too much about that. I just want to give a little bit about, okay, let's, let's take this. Let's take what we know, which isn't a lot yet, and we won't until that term starts. His tenure starts on July 1st. But let's take a little bit of what we know. And and talk about what that means as we go forward because we do have board election coming up. We have almost all but likely a bond issue coming up. So there, I think this relates to a lot of those things. So let's look at what we know. Right. And I think we have to say we will never get to see the – you know, the interview scorecards that the community partners did when they did the interviews of the candidates or that the board did when they were working through the first parts of their decision process as we go. And I want to pause real quick there and say I really like the process that went through. I think the, the, the district did a really good job of of trying to make it as transparent as you can. I mean, obviously there are things we're never going to know and you can't see in a hiring process. But they had, you know, they included a 16-member community interview team that helped out in that, that was able to make a presentation to to the board. So I I think that was a, a necessary thing based on kind of the, the tension and dramas that have happened between the, the public and the school district over the last year, year and a half. I think that was a, that was a good thing that they did. I think so too, and and so what we have available to us, and and we're not going to have a lot of information, as you said, until July one, and even after that. Now I know you and I will hope to have Doctor Buck on the podcast, as we had the prior superintendent in to talk to us and kind of get his get his initial take on things as he as he adapts to the district. We can ask him all the questions on day one, you know, when he knows nothing. Right. We're going to ask all those <laughs> really hard questions. Yep. How are you going to fix everything right now? Go. E- even the things you don't know how, what are broken. A 30-second answer. Give it. Uh, and, and, but I think we have some – really what I wanted to try to figure out a little bit is not so much what Dr. Buck is doing because we're not going to know that. And, in, in, you know, in anything he's going to say in the public is going to – be very gracious to the uh, to the right city school district and and be very positive looking and very sort of generic and 
uh, cliche-ridden, if you will. And I don't even mean that in a negative way, but as we go forward, because there's nothing, you know, he hasn't gotten into the office yet to see where all the cracks and holes are or where we are or aren't doing the things we want to be doing and doesn't really know. And that's fine. But I think it's interesting to see what we can get an idea of what the board's thinking um, as they make this higher, because that's the thing is like, we, we looked at it through our lens and what we shared on the thing and what we didn't. And, and I was surprised is probably the right word by the choice. I don't know enough about Dr. Buck to know, like, think he was unqualified or anything of that. All evidence appears that he is and met their criteria. But, you know, what is the board, what was the board thinking? What did they want out of this hire to do that? So really all we have to work with is what they say. And so we can look at the the press release and the statements from uh, the board president, Julie Doan, um, as they as they came out at, around the hire to kind of get a feel for what are the issues that they thought were important enough to raise in this statement, um, and and maybe that'll help set the table as we go forward. I think one of the one of the things that was interesting, Jason, and this this was part of what we were looking at too. But they you know they talked about they talked about that continuing commitment to to the equity process and to working with the consultant that they hired EEC so we'll we will get to watch that and i think that's something for people to to remember as they go forward if you if you think about and this was put in a, a column that was posted on Tuesday from our guest columnist John Bedoin was you know what should we expect and i think that's something we all have are going to think about is what to expect and 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 you and i talk a lot about with that, what to expect? How do we hold people accountable? Mm-hmm. So if they, these are the set expectations. So I think that's kind of what we're what we're looking at with those. I thought it was interesting too, and, and you made note of this earlier before we hit the record button was that there was a, a, a focus on safety, health, and the social needs of the students, which has been part of the the equity conversation and the conversations as as they look to facilities, which again is going to going to steer back toward our bond issue. I thought that was interesting. You had a couple comments before we hit record on that. Right. I think it's just like this is clearly something that he has as a professional sort of obligation. He's he's led some presentations for the School Boards Association Conference on school safety, on social emotional learning. And, and so these are things that these are lenses that he's come in. And maybe this is where he is on, I don't want to say the cutting edge, or but he has some different ideas and takes. And this is where the school board, you know, this is what sang to the school board as they went through that. Um, and he can take those different looks and and address some of the needs of the students. And it's an interesting district that he comes from in that it's a district that is moving from being a very, very rural district into being, I, I, I loathe to call Wright City um, suburban of St. Louis, but sprawl is what it is. And his, that, his district population is smaller than one of our high schools. Yes. But he did help, you know, while he was the superintendent, the academic performance really increased from being in the bottom 4% of districts in the state up into the top third. Now, there's lots of factors that come into that. Dr. Buck doesn't get all the credit. But he doesn't get all the, you know, he doesn't get none of the credit because, you know, those are the changes that needed to make and do that. So he has experience, if you look at it in this lens, in taking what we'll call underperforming students and helping them move into those top performing things. And, and 
some of this, these programs that he put in that as in the press release they mentioned that emphasize student mentoring, school-based therapy, and social-emotional learning again, those are things that, you know, that those may be tools that are implemented as maybe as part and parcel of the equity plan or just completely new programs to help pick up the students that whose performances are not getting where we want them to be. When I when I read the comments in in the 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 school's release uh, on this and I saw that they were centered around those things that you just talked about, I, I was interested in that because it it fit with a lot of programs and plans they've talked about that they've introduced and they're looking at doing over the last last few years, which is about moving up those those underperforming students, which is a, which is about providing services for for mental health issues. You know, this is a district that's experienced some deaths by suicide. There's been some students with guns issues. There's 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 been some sexual harassment issues in the district. So all of those things I think continue a plan that the district and, and some missions of the district that they've had for a couple of years now. And it seems to really, really fit with that mold. It does. And and I, I would hope to see. So but I think these these do a couple of things for us. One, it gives us a, a lens to kind of look at what the board's decision was, but I think it also helps frame some of the issues that we've got coming up, right? We have a new superintendent coming on board. These are the things that the district chose to highlight about his record. So these are the things one would think that he would come in and and make improvements in in the district. Um, it's going to impact, ha- knowing that, that that's going to be some of the superintendent's sort of priorities as he comes into it are, are things that, that will impact how the board of uh, the school board elections go and what questions and issues that we talk about when we get there. And I think, you know, in that release, he said he will come in and, and give some support to the bond or, you know, some information or help support going through the bond issue and making sure that those programs are deal. And that may be a lens through which we need to look at some of those bond things that are on the bond issue. You know, how are they addressing those things? What are, what kind of things do they go with that? So it, it is helpful, not only in sort of trying to figure out what is this board, uh, school board of education looking at and thinking about, you know, what were they thinking uh, when they made this <laughs> decision? But also I think it helps frame us going forward. These are some of the issues that we'll need to be dealing with. And and so we can take these, you know, you and I, as we go into doing our election coverage and our in, interactions with the candidates and and use this as a, as a way to help frame some of the issues that we've got coming up. Off the top of your head, Jason, just kind of as a, as a little preview, what you know, what questions do, does that lens kind of push you toward? What do you think some of those those issues may be and some of those questions are going to be? Well, I mean, I think, you know, look, it, we're, we, whether we like to, and I know we had this conversation not two weeks ago, that we need to, to the extent we can, sort of separate the school board from the bond issue. But those things are related. How does the school bond issue impact these things? What are the programs that the district are doing that work that we need to expand, what ones are not working, that we need to change or discard or, or upgrade or whatever those processes are, and how do you as a school board member intend to work with the, the superintendent to make that happen? How will you hold the superintendent accountable for these things that are clearly topics that are of, of focus and concern? Right. I, you know, you, you talked about the, the bond issue there, and the, and the bond issue is it, – it's about buildings. It's about physical things. So I think tying into being able to tie in what some of those physical upgrades and new buildings, how those fit with the the programming 
things that the school district is working on implementing. I think that's that's where you tie those things together. But you're right. You really do have to separate. You have the, to separate the, the board it, but, and, but you, and the you, bond issue. You but know you can, that they're going to touch on each other. Right, right, right. So I think that those are things, and and I think we need to go into that. These are the, in 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 some way at least, we can take this as evidence of the expectations of the current school board. Uh, with the hire of this new superintendent, and then we can use that as a filter to help kind of look through to, to look at what's coming up in the election, the bond election, and with the next fiscal year and the new superintendent coming on board. Well, that's just a quick look. I think at the like like you said, the the lens maybe a quick quick overview of maybe how the how the school board was looking when they when they made this hire. We will we will follow up, and I I'm, I'm excited about about July when we get to meet Doctor Buck, and you and I maybe get that first chance to talk to him and figure out a little bit about who he is and, and what his what his passions are. Where you know what he sees when he look at, looks at this district and why it was attractive to him to to come in here. Maybe I'm sure there's a few things that he's like I want to go tackle that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I hope so, because it's a big – and it, honestly, it's a very, very big change in scope of district. And, and that's going to take a little bit of getting used to on, on his part is how does he manage all of those moving parts where, it, you know, when you have, you know, two elementary schools, one middle and one high school, the superintendent might be able to be on top of everything that's happening in the district. Well, when you're dealing with 20,000 students and a whole bunch of middles and three middle or three middles, and a thousand plus staff, three high schools, a thousand people that work for you, you can't be that guy. So it's going to be a change in how he leads. And, and then, but you know, how do you do that? How do you implement the things you want to implement without being, you know, a control freak with a hundred hour work week? <laughs> that's not healthy. No, I don't. I don't recommend that. I have no capability of it or <laughs> desire. So, no one has ever accused me of working that much. I promise. <laughs> that's probably. I, that's really. I think all there is to to talk about that. We'll we will talk more as we learn more as we find out more. This is interesting. I'm sure everybody's excited about it. In the next few weeks, we're gonna we're gonna dig in, Jason. The filing time is almost over, so it'll be time to talk about the candidates. It'll be time to talk about those issues and that and that bond issue specifically. Yep, and I really do also look forward to that mid-July podcast where we go, why hasn't the superintendent fixed everything already? Um, <laughs> Mid-July? Mid I was going to do it like on July 3rd. I was going to no, give him two days. I'm taking that time off. Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Once again, not working 100 hours a week. Not doing it. Jason, grab your remote. Turn on the TV. It's time for As the Council Turn. Okay, really, there's 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 nothing. There, there's not much. I just want to make one note. You and I, because of scheduling, we've had to we've had to record earlier on Tuesday. So on the Tuesday nights council meeting, I think the an interesting thing to watch is going to be a presentation from City Administrator Steve Arbo to the City Council about the public service agreements that the city has with entities such as the Chamber of Commerce, the Economic Development Council. Velocity Lee Summit and downtown Lee Summit Main Street. So it's just a it's 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 a quick it's kind of an overview of of what what the money is that they give to each of those and then what they expect. I'm going to be curious to see how how the council responds and maybe what questions they have because the agreements with each of those are up for renegotiation. Those the terms end in July of this year. Absolutely, and so we'll be interested to see how that's going. And uh, and and they do. They have a big impact on the work that gets done. I mean, you and I obviously have a, a soft spot for downtown, and the money that they get and the services they provide are vital. 
and important and give, you know, essentially pay for some some of the staff people or some of the work that gets done in that regard to get those things done that the city wants as downtown as a uh, economic development tourist uh, visitor type attraction. One of the things I like to think about when we when we make our notes, Jason, and the things that we want to we want to talk about is to, to is to remember the okay, that's that's a topic that, you know, us nerds are into, but why I always want to think about, you know, okay, why should we care? And so for people listening that maybe aren't in, one of the things – this is, again, I think a topic, an issue that you can look at, and and it's going to frame some questions for the candidates for city council, is what do they know about these agreements and what how and what do they know about what each of these organizations do for the city and for the growth and the development of the city. So that's that's a that's a way to frame that and to and to show how and why these are important discussions to watch. Absolutely. And I and we will assuming there's anything newsworthy that to come out of the presentations tonight, we will uh, we'll we'll come back to those next week if need be. But as this process will go and it'll be a multi-month process, it'll go through various council committees and and what have you to come back through uh, we'll we'll see what it does, and it'll be uh, it'll be worth worth taking a look at. Well, that is going to wrap up our show for this week. I'm gonna as we, as we close here, I want to say one thing I'm excited about. On well today on Wednesday, I have some new people coming in for an interview. The new Sabor Latino restaurant that moved from the Woods Chapel, and have been redoing the former Dew Drop in building for a new restaurant in downtown. They're coming out, and we're going to talk a little bit about that restaurant, what they're doing, what they've changed. Now, I'm going to say this. You promised and what me some of their- there would not be tacos at this interview. And if there are tacos at this interview, and I'm not there again, you and I are going to have, like, literally, we're going to have a podcast fist fight. It's not going to be pretty. The <laughs> that makes great audio, by the, the way. The recording's going to be a lot of shuffling and, and heavy breathing and owls from old men. Right. There, there will be pain involved. <laughs> well, now I hope- that they'll listen to this before they come over and they bring me tacos. You, the phone works. You call me. Public service announcement to all of Lee Summit. This podcast host can be bribed with food. It, so it, if you want to come on the show, bribe me with food. There you go. Offer offer to bring food or drinks. So stay stay we'll tuned for, for that conversation for, for this coming Friday. I'm really excited to kind of learn the story of this restaurant. I've eaten at that restaurant before, Jason. When we were we were doing our taco reviews, we, mm-hmm. we went out there and so we've talked about them before on this podcast but it sounds like there's a good a good story there I'm, I'm interested to learn all about it and this is not you and I are talking about tacos but this is not a Mexican restaurant this is a Latin restaurant and they've got food coming from from all over South America so it's, it's a good story I'm looking forward to it I hope everybody else is as well and we will talk to you on Friday today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the people by our friends at Shred KC Jason, if you're looking to change, to start living that healthy lifestyle, these are the guys for you. They are, and and they're going to do it. They're going to help you adopt those healthy lifestyles, get those new habits, get those things going without all that pesky like shame or any of that stuff that goes on. It's a positive, supportive environment to help you get to the goals that you want to have so that you feel the best that you can feel. Real goals real plans none of that fad stuff they don't they're not giving you the fad diets they're not giving you the crazy new fad workout these are real plans that are going to help you get there whether it's group classes or personal training this is the gym for you head on down on third street see our friends at shred kc
You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. 